Section 4 of Milton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Russell Graham. Milton by William Blake. Section 4. But Los dispersed the clouds, even as the strong winds of Jehovah. And Los thus spoke. O noble sons, be patient yet a little while. I have embraced the falling death. He has become one with me. O sons, we live not by wrath. By mercy alone we live. I recollect an old prophecy in Eden, recorded in gold, and oft sung to the harp, that Milton of the land of Albion should up ascend forward from Felpham's vale, and break the chain of jealousy from all its roots. Be patient therefore, O my sons. These lovely females form sweet night and silence and secret obscurities, to hide from Satan's watch-fiends human loves and graces, lest they write them in their books and in the scroll of mortal life, to condemn the accused, who at Satan's bar tremble in spectrous bodies continually day and night, while on the earth they live in sorrowful vegetations. O when shall we tread our wine-presses in heaven, and weep our wheat with shoutings of joy, and leave the earth in peace? Remember how Calvin and Luther, in fury premature, sowed war and stern division between Papists and Protestants. Let it not be so now. O go not forth in martyrdoms and wars. We were placed here by the universal brotherhood and mercy, with powers fitted to circumscribe this dark satanic death and that the seven eyes of God may have space for redemption. But how this is as yet we know not, and we cannot know till Albion is arisen. Then patient wait a little while. Six thousand years are passed away. The end approaches fast. This mighty one has come from Eden. He is of the elect. He is of the elect who died from earth, and he is returned before the judgment. This thing was never known, that one of the holy dead should willing return. Then patient wait a little while, till the last vintage is over, till we have quenched the sun of Sailor and the lake of Udenaden. O oh, my dear sons, leave not your father, as your brethren left me. Twelve sons successive fled away in that thousand years of sorrow, of Palamabron's harrow, and Rintra's wrath and fury. Reuben, and Manazoth, and Gad, and Simeon, and Levi, and Ephraim, and Judah were generated because they left me wandering with Tirzah. Enathamon wept one thousand years, and all the earth was in a watery deluge. We called him Manasseh, because of the generations of Tirzah, because of Satan, and the seven eyes of God continually gowed round them. But I, the fourth sower, am also set the watchman of eternity. The three are not, and I am preserved. Still my four mighty ones are left to me in Golganuza. Still Rintra fierce, and Palamabron mild and piteous, Theotomon filled with care, Bromion loving science. You, O oh my sons, still guard round Los, O oh, wander not and leave me. Rintra, thou well rememberest, when Amalek and Canaan fled with their sister Moab into that abhorred void. They became nations in our sight beneath the hands of Tirzah. And Palamabron, thou rememberest, when Joseph, an infant, stolen from his nurse's cradle, wrapped in needlework of emblematic texture, was sold to the Amalekite, 
who carried him down into Egypt, where Ephraim and Manasseh gathered my sons together in the sands of Midian. And if you also flee away and leave your father's side, following Milton into Uro, although your power is great, surely you also shall become poor mortal vegetations beneath the moon of Uro. Pity then your father's tears. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave, I stood and saw Lazarus, who is the vehicular body of Albion the redeemed, arise into the covering cherub, who is the spectre of Albion. By martyrdoms to suffer, to watch over the sleeping body upon his rock beneath his tomb, I saw the covering cherub divide fourfold into four churches when Lazarus arose, Paul, Constantine, Charlemagne, Luther. Behold, they stand before us, stretched over Europe and Asia. Come, O sons, come, come away. Arise, O sons, give all your strength against eternal death, lest we are vegetated. For Cathedron's looms weave only death, a web of death, and were it not for Bolahula and Alamander, no human form but only a fibrous vegetation, a polypus of soft affections, without thought or vision, must tremble in the heavens and earths through all the Uro space. Throw all the vegetated mortals into Bolahula, but as to this elected form, who has returned again, he is the signal that the last vintage now approaches, nor vegetation may go on till all the earth is reaped. Solo spoke. Furious they descended to Bolahula and Alamander, indignant, unconvinced by Los's arguments and thunders rolling. They saw that wrath now swayed and now pity absorbed him. As it was, so it remained, and no hope of an end. Bolahula is named law by mortals. Thamas founded it because of Satan, before Lubin in the city of Golganuza. But Golganuza is named art and manufacture by mortal men. In Bolahula, Los's anvils stand, and his furnaces rage. Thundering the hammers beat, and the bellows blow loud, living, self-moving, mourning, lamenting and howling incessantly. Bolahula through all its porches feels, though too fast founded its pillars and porticoes, to tremble at the force of mortal or immortal arm. And softly lilling flutes, accordant with the horrid labours, make sweet melody. The bellows are the animal lungs, the hammers the animal heart, the furnaces the stomach for digestion, terrible their fury. Thousands and thousands labour, thousands play on instruments, stringed or fluted, to ameliorate the sorrows of slavery. Loud sport the dancers in the dance of death, rejoicing in carnage. The hard, dentant hammers are lulled by the flutes lula lula. The bellowing furnaces blare by the long-sounding clarion. The double drum drowns howls and groans. The shrill fife shrieks and cries. The crooked horn mellows the hoarse, raving serpent. Terrible but harmonious. Bolahula is the stomach in every individual man. Los is by mortals named Time. Enthamon is named Space. But they depict him bald and aged, who is an eternal youth, all-powerful, and his locks flourish like the brows of morning. He is the spirit of prophecy, the ever-apparent Elias. Time is the mercy of eternity. Without time's swiftness, which is the swiftness of all things, all were eternal torment. All the gods of the kingdoms of earth 
labour in Los's halls. Every one is a fallen son of the spirit of prophecy. He is the fourth sower that stood around the throne divine. Loud shout the sons of Luva at the winepresses as Los descended, with Rintra and Palamabron in his fires of resistless fury. The winepress on the Rhine groans loud, but all its central beams act more terrific in the central cities of the nations, where human thought is crushed beneath the iron hand of power. There Los puts all into the press, the oppressor and the oppressed together, ripe for the harvest and vintage, and ready for the loom. They sang at the vintage. This is the last vintage, and seed shall no more be sown upon earth till all the vintage is over, and all gathered in, till the plough has passed over the nations, and the harrow and heavy thundering roller upon the mountains. And louder souls howl round the porches of Golgonooza, crying, O God, deliver us to the heavens or to the earths, that we may preach righteousness and punish the sinner with death. But Los refused, till all the vintage of earth was gathered in. And Los stood and cried to the labourers of the vintage, in voice of all, Fellow labourers, the great vintage and harvest is now upon the earth. The whole extent of the globe is explored. Every scattered atom of human intellect now is flocking to the sound of the trumpet. All the wisdom which was hidden in caves and dens from ancient time is now sought out from animal and vegetable and mineral. Every scattered atom of human intellect is now flocking to the sound of the trumpet. All the wisdom which was hidden in caves and dens from ancient time is now sought out from animal and vegetable and mineral. The Awakener is come outstretched over Europe. The vision of God is fulfilled. The ancient man upon the rock of Albion awakes. He listens to the sounds of war, astonished and ashamed. He sees his children mock at faith and deny providence. Therefore you must bind the sheaves not by nations or families. You shall bind them in three classes, according to their classes. So shall you bind them, separating what has been mixed since men began to be wove into nations by Rahab and Tirzah, since Albion's death and Satan's cutting off from our awful fields, when under pretense to benevolence the elect subdued all from the foundation of the world. The elect is one class. You shall bind them separate. They cannot believe in eternal life except by miracle and a new birth. The other two classes, the reprobate who never cease to believe, and the redeemed who live in doubts and fears perpetually tormented by the elect, these you shall bind into a twin bundle for the consummation. But the elect must be saved from fires of eternal death, to be formed into the churches of Beulah, that they destroy not the earth. For in every nation and every family the three classes are born, and in every species of earth, metal, tree, fish, bird and beast. We form the mundane egg, that spectres coming by fury or amity, all is the same, and every one remains in his own energy. Go forth, reapers, with rejoicing. You sowed in tears, but the time of your refreshing cometh. Only a little moment still abstain from pleasure and rest in the labours of eternity, and you shall reap the whole earth from pole to pole, from sea to sea, beginning at Jerusalem's inner court, Lambeth, ruined and given to the detestable gods of Priam, to Apollo, and at the asylum given to Hercules, who labour in tears as looms for bread, who set pleasure against duty, 
who create Olympic crowns to make learning a burden and the work of the Holy Spirit strife. The Thor and cruel Odin, who first reared the polar caves. Lambeth mourns, calling Jerusalem. She weeps and looks abroad for the Lord's coming, that Jerusalem may overspread all the nations. Crave not for the mortal and perishing delights, but leave them to the weak, and pity the weak as your infant care. Break not forth in your wrath, lest you also are vegetated by Tirza. Wait till the last judgment is past, till the creation is consumed, and then rush forward with me into the glorious spiritual vegetation, the supper of the Lamb and his bride, and the awaking of Albion, our friend and ancient companion. So low spoke, but lightnings of discontent broke on all sides round, and murmurs of thunder rolling heavy, long and loud over the mountains, while Los called his sons around him to the harvest and the vintage. Thou seest the constellations in the deep and wondrous night. They rise in order and continue their immortal courses upon the mountains and in vales with harp and heavenly song, with flute and clarion, with cups and measures filled with foaming wine. Glittering the streams reflect the vision of beatitude, and the calm ocean joys beneath and smooths his awful waves. These are the sons of Los, and these the labourers of the vintage. Thou sees the gorgeous clothed flies that dance and sport in summer upon the sunny brooks and meadows. Everyone the dance knows in its intricate mazes of delight, artful to weave. Each one to sound his instruments of music in the dance, to touch each other and recede, to cross and change in return. These are the children of Los. Thou seest the trees on mountains, the wind blows heavy, Loud they thunder through the darksome sky, uttering prophecies and speaking instructive words to the sons of men. These are the sons of Los, these the visions of eternity. But we see only, as it were, the hem of their garments, when with our vegetable eyes we view these wondrous visions. There are two gates through which all souls descend, one southward from Dovercliff to Lizard Point, the other toward the north, Caithness and Rocky Durness. Pentland and John Grote's house. The souls descending to the body wail on the right hand of Los, and those delivered from the body on the left hand. For Los, against the east his force continually bends, along the valleys of Middlesex, from Hounslow to Blackheath, lest those three heavens of Beulah should the creation destroy. And lest they should descend before the north and south gates, groaning with pity, he among the wailing souls laments. And these the labours of the sons of Los in Alamanda, and in the city of Golganusa, and in Lubin, around the lake of Udenaden, in the forests of Enchuthon Benethon, where souls incessant wail, being piteous passions and desires, with neither lineament nor form, but like to watery clouds, the passions and desires descend upon the hungry winds. For such alone sleepers remain, mere passion and appetite. The sons of Los clothe them, and feed and provide houses and fields. And every generated body in its inward form is a garden of delight and a building of magnificence, built by the sons of Los in Bolahula and Alamanda. And the herbs and flowers and furniture and beds and chambers, continually woven in the looms of Enitharmon's daughters, in bright Cathedron's golden dome, with care and love and tears. For the various classes of men are all marked out determinate in Bolahula, and as the spectres choose their affinities, so they are born on earth and every class is determinate, but not by natural, but by spiritual power alone. 
because the natural power continually seeks and tends to destruction, ending in death, which would of itself be eternal death. And all are classed by spiritual and not by natural power. And every natural effect has a spiritual cause, and not a natural, for a natural cause only seems. It is a delusion of Ulro, and a ratio of the perishing vegetable memory. But the winepress of Los is eastward of Golganusa, before the seat of Satan. Luva laid the foundation, and Urizen finished it in howling woe. How read the sons and daughters of Luva? Here they tread the grapes. Laughing and shouting, drunk with odours, many fall o'er-wearied. Drowned in the wine is many a youth and maiden. Those around lay them on skins of tigers, and of the spotted leopard, and the wild ass, till they revive, or bury them in cool grots, making lamentation. This wine-press is called war on earth. It is the printing-press of Los. And here he lays his words in order, above the mortal brain, as cogs are formed in a wheel, to turn the cogs of the adverse wheel. Timbrels and violins sport round the wine-presses, the little seed, the sportive root, the earthworm, the gold beetle, the wise emmet, dance round the wine-presses of Louvre. The centipede is there, the ground spider with many eyes, the mole clothed in velvet, the ambitious spider in his sullen web, the lucky golden spinner, the earwig armed, the tender maggot, emblem of immortality, the flea, louse, bug, the tapeworm, all the armies of disease, visible or invisible to the slothful vegetating man, the slow slug, the grasshopper that sings and laughs and drinks. Winter comes, he folds his slender bones without a murmur. The cruel scorpion is there, the gnat, wasp, hornet, and the honeybee. The toad and venomous newt, the serpent clothed in gems and gold. They throw off their gorgeous raiment. They rejoice with loud jubilee around the wine-presses of Luva, naked and drunk with wine. There is the nettle that stings with soft down, and there the indignant thistle whose bitterness is bred in his milk, who feeds on contempt of his neighbour. There all the idle weeds that creep around the obscure places show their various limbs, naked in all their beauty, dancing round the wine-presses. But in the wine-presses the human grapes sing not nor dance. They howl and writhe in shoals of torment, in fierce flames consuming, in chains of iron, and in dungeons circled with ceaseless fires, in pits and dens and shades of death, in shapes of torment and woe. The plates and screws and racks and saws and cords and fires and cisterns, the cruel joys of Luva's daughters, lacerating with knives and whips their victims, and the deadly sport of Luva's sons. They dance around the dying, and they drink the howl and groan. They catch the shrieks and cups of gold. They hand them one to another. These are the sports of love, and these the sweet delights of amorous play. Tears of the grape, the death sweat of the cluster, the last sigh of the mild youth who listens to the luring songs of Luva. But Alamander, called on earth commerce, is the cultivated land around the city of Golganusa, in the forests of Enchuthon. Here the sons of Los labour against death eternal, through all the twenty-seven heavens of Beulah in Oro, seat of Satan, which is the false tongue beneath Beulah. It is the sense of touch. The plough goes forth in tempests and lightnings, and the harrow cruel in blights of the east. The heavy roller follows in howlings of woe. Urizen's sons here labour also, and here are seen the mills of Theotormon on the verge of the lake of Udenaden. 
These are the starry voids of night, and the depths and caverns of earth. These mills are oceans, clouds and waters ungovernable in their fury. Here are the stars created, and the seeds of all things planted. And here the sun and moon receive their fixed destinations. But in eternity, the four arts, poetry, painting, music and architecture, which is science, are the four faces of man. Not so in time and space. There three are shut out, and only science remains through mercy. And by means of science, the three become apparent in time and space, in the three professions. Poetry and religion, music, law, painting and physic and surgery. That man may live upon earth till the time of his awaking. And from these three, science derives every occupation of men, and science is divided into Bolahula and Alamanda. Some sons of Los surround the passions with porches of iron and silver, creating form and beauty around the dark regions of sorrow, giving to airy nothing a name and a habitation delightful, with bounds to the infinite putting off the indefinite into most holy forms of thought. Such is the power of inspiration, they labour incessant with many tears and afflictions, creating the beautiful house for the piteous sufferer. Others' cabinets richly fabricate of gold and ivory, for doubts and fears unformed and wretched and melancholy. The little weeping spectre stands on the threshold of death eternal, and sometimes two spectres, like lamps quivering, and often malignant they combat, heartbreaking, sorrowful and piteous, Antamon takes them into his beautiful, flexible hands, as the sower takes the seed, or as the artist his clay or fine wax, to mould artful a model for golden ornaments. The soft hands of Antamon draw the indelible line, form immortal with golden pen, such as the spectre admiring puts on the sweet form. Then smiles Antamon bright through his windows. The daughters of beauty look up from their loom, and prepare the integument soft for its clothing with joy and delight. But Theotomon and Sotha stand in the gate of Lubin anxious. Their numbers are seven million and seven thousand and seven hundred. They contend with the weak spectres. They fabricate soothing forms. The spectre refuses. He seeks cruelty. They create the crested cock. Terrified, the spectre screams and rushes in fear into their net of kindness and compassion, and is born a weeping terror. Or they create the lion and tiger in compassionate thunderings. Howling, the spectres flee. They take refuge in human lineaments. The sons of Ozoth within the optic nerve stand fiery glowing, and the number of his sons is eight millions and eight. They give delights to the man unknown. Artificial riches they give to scorn, and their possessors to trouble and sorrow and care, shutting the sun and moon and stars and trees and clouds and waters and hills out from the optic nerve, and hardening it into a bone opaque, and like the black pebble on the enraged beach, while the poor indigent is like the diamond which, though clothed in rugged covering in the mine, is open all within, and in his hallowed centre holds the heavens of bright eternity. Ozoth here builds walls of rocks against the surging sea, and timbers cramped with iron cramps bar in the joys of life from fell destruction and the spectrous cunning or rage. He creates the speckled newt, the spider and beetle, the rat and mouse, the badger and fox. They worship before his feet in trembling fear. But others of the sons of Los build moments and minutes and hours and days and months and years and ages and periods, wondrous buildings, and every moment has a couch of gold for soft repose, a moment equals a pulsation of the artery, and between every two moments stands a daughter of Beulah to feed the sleepers on their couches with maternal care. 
and every minute has an azure tent with silken veils, and every hour has a bright golden gate carved with skill, and every day and night has walls of brass and gates of adamant, shining like precious stones and ornamented with appropriate signs, and every month has a silver-paved terrace builded high, and every year invulnerable barriers with high towers, and every age is moated deep with bridges of silver and gold, and every seven ages is encircled with a flaming fire. Now seven ages is amounting to two hundred years. Each has its guard, each moment, minute, hour, day, month and year. All are the work of fairy hands of the four elements. The guard are angels of providence on duty evermore. Every time less than a pulsation of the artery is equal in its period and value to six thousand years. For in this period the poet's work is done, and all the great events of time start forth and are conceived in such a period, within a moment, a pulsation of the artery. The sky is an immortal tent built by the sons of Los, and every space that a man views around his dwelling place, standing on his own roof, or in his garden on a mount of twenty-five cubits in height, such space is his universe. And on its verge the sun rises and sets, the clouds bow to meet the flat earth and sea in such an ordered space. The starry heavens reach no further, but here bend and set on all sides, and the two poles turn on their valves of gold. And if he move his dwelling place, his heavens also move where'er he goes, and all his neighbourhood bewail his loss. Such are the spaces called earth, and such its dimension. As to that false appearance which appears to the reasoner, as of a globe rolling through voidness, it is a delusion of Uro. The microscope knows not of this, nor the telescope. They alter the ratio of the spectator's organs, but leave objects untouched. For every space larger than a red globule of man's blood is visionary, and is created by the hammer of Los, and every space smaller than a globule of man's blood opens into eternity, of which this vegetable earth is but a shadow. The red globule is the unwearied sun by Los created to measure time and space to mortal men every morning. Bolahula and Alamanda are placed on each side of that pulsation and that globule. Terrible their power. But Rintra and Palamabron govern over day and night in Alamanda and in Enchuthon Benathon, where souls wail, where orc incessant howls, burning in fires of eternal youth, within the vegetated mortal nerves. For every man born is joined within into one mighty polypus, and this polypus is orc. But in the optic vegetative nerves, sleep was transformed to death in old time by Satan, the father of sin and death. And Satan is the spectre of orc, and orc is the generate louver. But in the nerves of the nostrils, accident being formed into substance and principle by the cruelties of demonstration, it became opaque and indefinite. But the divine saviour formed it into a solid by Los's mathematic power. He named the opaque Satan, he named the solid Adam. And in the nerves of the ear, for the nerves of the tongue are closed, on Albion's rock Los stands creating the glorious sun each morning, and when unwearied in the evening he creates the moon, death to delude, who all in terror at their splendour leaves his prey, while Los appoints Rintra and Palamabron to guide the souls clear from the rock of death that death himself may wake in his appointed season when the ends of heaven meet. Then Los conducts the spirits to be vegetated into great Golgonooza, free from the four iron pillars of Satan's throne, 
temperance, prudence, justice, fortitude, the four pillars of tyranny, that Satan's watch-fiends touch them not before they vegetate. But Enathamon and her daughters take the pleasant charge, to give them to their lovely heavens till the great judgment day. Such is their lovely charge. But Rahab and Tirzah pervert their mild influences. Therefore the seven eyes of God walk round the three heavens of Ulro, where Tirzah and her sisters weave the black woof of death upon Enchuthon Benathon, in the vale of Surrey, where Horeb terminates in Rephaim. The stamping feet of Zelophehad's daughters are covered with human gore upon the treadles of the loom. They sing to the winged shuttle. The river rises above his banks to wash the woof. He takes it in his arms. He passes it in strength through his current. The veil of human miseries is woven over the ocean, from the Atlantic to the great South Sea, the Erythraean. Such is the world of Los, the labour of six thousand years. Thus nature is a vision of the science of the Elohim. End of the first book. End of section four.